Welcome to the Pathfinder Podcast, brought to you by Shillington, where we talk to creatives about how they navigated their design careers from the early beginnings up until now, and the twists and turns along the way. I'm Jimmy Muldoon, designer and teacher at Shillington's New York campus. Glad you could join us. So today we have Jason Gilby, who is a 2017 Shillington graduate from Manchester, Jason runs his own digital design, branding, and motion graphics studio in the south of London. Uh, Jason, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great. Well, happy Friday. You know, <laughs> we've, uh, we've made it through another week. It's uh, eventually. It's, it's literally nearly the end of January already. I'm... Oh, God, don't. <laughs> I don't know where this month has gone. No, like last year was such a long month, and this year it just seems to have flown by yeah who knows yeah. yeah it is yeah it's it is really really ridiculous um I kind of want to start with getting to know you a little bit more you know where are you from where you grew up um and even kind of like digging a little deeper into how you feel your upbringing influenced your career choice for you know for now sure um I mean do you want me to start with where I was born etc yeah 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 let's get let's let's go back <laughs> way back yeah um okay so i grew up in hertfordshire um uh broxbourne well where and then broxbourne specifically um and kind of stayed around there until i went to uni in manchester um that was probably the main place where i did all my exciting things uh <laughs> and then in terms of growing up i mean so my mum actually studied graphic design my nan um is always painting and she's just generally a sweetheart um and my great granddad was is actually the guy that taught me to draw so it kind of just comes down that bloodline pretty strong um so i didn't really have an option to not be creative (laughs) uh but yeah, it was, it was definitely a creative household. I, I always had it uh, kind of drilled into me that that, that was a viable choice, mm. um, which is nice because I, I, I hear a lot of people don't really have that. So yeah, it was, it was really good. Mm. That, that's great, it, especially when you kind of have it from the opportunity to spend time with like your nan, you know, and, and seeing different kind of mediums, you know, painting. And I'm sure, you know, what was music a kind of a big, thing of like your house oh yeah huge yeah yeah it's just like i think music is such an incredible creative avenue and to kind of be surrounded on lots of different fronts from you know painting to music and being open up open to so many different genres and styles is absolutely uh, so important as a as a young as a young child yeah of course it it frees your mind really it shows you that things aren't linear things aren't abc you yeah. can kind of jump around and yeah it's yeah. good yeah it's great to have that encouragement as well from your family of like creativity is an option like if you want to do this go for it because i think you're exactly right there's plenty of people who you know who may think that how do i make a career out of a cre- being creative absolutely and yeah. i think it's so um a lot of the time, creativity. The thing that I think I was luckiest with is that I was told that create creativity was was smart mm. and really intelligent. Because mm. I think a lot of the time you're led to believe that it's it's easy to do. 
and it's like right okay well tell that to the 7,000 illustrator files I have for one logo <laughs> that's just not working <laughs> like it's it's not easy at all and you it takes a different kind of intelligence that yeah. I think definitely needs to be fostered so mm. it's good when it's good when you get that in a kid that's nice yeah yeah definitely um so can you share a little bit about your journey um you know even from then up until where you are today yeah of course um so I mean, I was definitely one of those annoying kids that would always look for cardboard boxes because Art Attack was on um, yes. and make everything possible. Uh, so that that was a, that was fun. And then I went to Manchester to study fine art. Um, and there, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that course. It was it was fantastic. It kind of led on from the upbringing that I'd had really well, but I definitely realised that responding to a brief for me personally was a lot more successful than um the openness of fine art I suppose that was quite difficult um and so I kind of toyed around with the idea of doing graphic design throughout the course but was just like no stick it out don't don't be a flaky (laughs) flaky person um so I did that and then had my degree show and was just so burnt out um so I mean where are we now that led I think I worked in a nursing home after that um as a events coordinator which was really rewarding but very heartbreaking at the same time um and I think that was you kind of get yourself reflected back at you quite a lot when you work with old people um and they would all be saying like just do what like the thing I regret the most is not doing what I wanted to do and make sure that you do what you want to do blah blah blah. so I was like well this isn't it (laughs) as much as I love you all this isn't it (laughs) um and then saw a poster for Shillington in Manchester city centre and was like hmm okay I wonder what that what that's about um researched it signed up and then yeah that was kind of the springboard really yeah, that's it's incredible when you have that kind of connection, especially when you you were talking about being in the nursing home and seeing an older generation being able to reflect and then kind of talk to you about it. Like it, it just holds so much more weight, mm. right? For you as a person, you know, younger person hearing that and hearing the things that they regretted and the things that they were so happy that they did. And it's it's an untapped wisdom. That has yeah, completely weight and wealth to it. And it obviously kind of really struck you and, and you know made you kind of think about the trajectory that you were on. Well, it, it made me sit up um and, and kind of take note of some active decisions that I was making. Mm. Um, because I think sometimes it's quite easy, especially when you've just uh, graduated, to kind of fall into this, I don't really know what I'm doing right now, so I'm gonna go with the flow. Mm. and yeah as fantastic as that is sometimes other times you you have to force yourself and be like no this isn't what I want to do I I have to make an active decision here um and that was it they were really great for showing me that yeah was was it uncomfortable to kind of have to make that decision and go okay this is not what I want and move towards Shillington it was scary definitely yeah. Um, 
But I think it would have been even scarier had I not done that mm. and just stayed where I was because being stagnant is never a good thing. How, you know, how did you go about actually making that decision from graduating to go freelance? Because that's, obviously, that's, that's another scary jump mm-hmm. that you kind of had to tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I always knew I wanted to be freelance. Um, I'm a terrible, terrible person to manage. I, uh, it's bad. I feel sorry for anyone who's had to manage me in the past. Um, and I think from that, I was definitely like this. My best option is just to be freelance. It's when I'm happiest. Mm. Um, so initially when I graduated Chillington, you know, you, you kind of come out with a great portfolio, but you really do not know anything about industry just yet. So being freelance was definitely in the back of my head, but I was like, I don't feel comfortable right now um, doing that. So went to work for a studio called Creme Creative, um, which their offices used to just be out the back of Manchester. Um, but they did a lot of fashion and footwear stuff. Uh, and they, they worked with some really cool brands, New Balance, uh, mm. Lacoste. And that was really my first introduction into industry-based stuff. Um, and that's, that really opened my eyes to more than graphic design because uh, they're create one of the creative directors there katie she did all the photography um and uh, she would always take me on the shoots um i'd help her set up close down etc and that was really rewarding that was so cool to see um and it was really nice to work for two people that had so much drive and determination because it was a tiny agency um so i think that really fed into wanting to go freelance um and then Worked there for, I think, a year and a half. And then my girl, me and my girlfriend were like, okay, now what? Um, we're kind of both getting a little bit bored of Manchester. Uh, wanted, wanted something new and exciting. Um, so kind of went both feet first into London and was like, I've no idea what we're doing. Uh, but yeah, let's give it a go. Um, at this point, it things kind of got a little bit rocky though um so initially we moved down to live with my parents who at the time I'd only just started transitioning um and they absolutely kicked off about it kicked us out of the house at that point and obviously we didn't have any jobs or anything so we were a bit snookered um and yeah that was that was scary so I think at that point most of the options creatively I kind of put on pause and was like freelance isn't an option right now I need money I need stability I don't have anywhere to live this is insane um so went to work for someone called CSM which is a sports marketing agency and they're like I went from tiny to huge um they have offices all over the world and so I was definitely a tiny fish in a huge ocean at that point uh which was very humbling um and i again i learned a lot about working with like business to business clients etc big brands um and then uh, stayed there for a while because i had a lot of difficult legal stuff to sort out transitions wise and wanted some comfort i suppose and like familiar faces and then yeah that was a year and a half and then came the real 
um, deciding point for me. I applied for, a, I cannot remember for the life of me the name of them, which is actually quite bad. I can't have left that much of an impression. Um, but I applied for a, a graphic design role. Well, it, was, it was a graphic design slash art direction combination role for a boutique agency in Shoreditch and um, said to myself that if I don't get it at that point, then fine, it's a sign. It's a bigger sign to go freelance. If I do get it, then to, now's not the right time. I've still got stuff to learn. Um, didn't get it and then kind of just ran with it and was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have <laughs> only had one conversation with an accountant in my entire life. <laughs> so I don't know how that's going to pan out. <laughs> but you know what? sod it yeah. <laughs> and just ran with it really uh, yeah. and that was january 10th to 2020 was right. my first official day <laughs> wow that's incredible so <laughs> that's obviously a, a you know in hindsight that's a crazy time to start that journey in that freelancing uh you know area going back to those those other um, studios that he worked, what were some of those key things that you kind of learnt from from them that have helped you as a freelancer? Um, I think specifically with Creme, it's to have just sheer determination to work on something. Like they would just run after people that they wanted to work with and that was such a great skill to learn. Because I initially coming out of Shillington, I was like, oh, God, how am I going to contact people? And I was so shy. Whereas just seeing them go for it, I was like, I mean, yeah, that's how you do it. Um, mm. And then with CSM, it was, there's a guy there called Sam, um, who I actually became quite good friends with. And his way of working generally, he, have, he has such a cool mind. Um, and I think I, I learned a, a hell of a lot from him mm. in terms of how to brand projects, mm -hmm. the different kinds of assets to think of, different avenues, blah, blah, blah. So I think my, my biggest learning from those was probably the people that I met and just to see, because there's a million different ways to do something, right? Um, so I think it really gave me confidence, if anything else, to just see that there is no right or wrong. It's however you can want to do it and then just run with it really yeah it sounds like you you really pulled some really great key lessons from them that have that have really kind of given you a great foundation for starting out as as a freelancer um i just wanted to ask about the creative kind of industry and community that you that you've been involved in especially when it comes to you kind of working through um, your transition how did you find the industry did you find it supportive did you find it what what was your experience um that's actually quite a good question uh i think the place well i being trans in a workplace isn't the easiest and to be honest um CSM was very corporate, so it wasn't, um, it didn't quite mesh as well as I would have hoped it would. 
Um, Creme was a different story. Creme was pretty great because um, the owners, Emma and Katie, they're married. Um, so it was like one big queer happy family with a few straight people involved. <laughs> um, so that was that was really great. Uh, but yeah, CSM was CSM was a little bit chalk and cheese. Mm. Um, but I think I think as a whole, yeah, there's pockets of community everywhere, right? So mm. I've definitely found some queer designers who I'm friends with, and photographers and musicians and. I think in a way, sometimes I find it more useful not to be friends with the graphic designers because the, I, I get more out of conversation with musicians or like photographers and stuff. Mm. I don't know. Maybe that makes me sound like a bit of a noob. But <laughs> <laughs> No, not at all. Um, so going back to when you started, you know, getting- <laughs> last year 2020 obviously you didn't know what you were heading into so it obviously brought about some quieter periods for you as a freelancer how did you get through those times and what did you focus on during those quieter times I mean yeah if I if I had a um magic ball and could see how last year was going to turn out I would absolutely not have gone freelance in January but you know we live and we learn um, so I mean when did the pandemic hit March so January February was really good mm. business-wise I was off to a flying start and couldn't quite believe my luck and then obviously pandemic hit in March mm. um, and everything else just seemed to dry up mm. um, so yeah I definitely had some some panicky moments uh I, I i i gave myself like three days to have a meltdown um and believe me i had a meltdown uh it was netflix pizza and no showers for three days and i just got on with it and then i was like no this is not how 2020 is gonna go um and then i was like well would, let's let's use this time then because i won't i'm never gonna have free time like that again um so I was like, well, if the brands that I want to work with don't exist right now, let's make them. Uh, let's let's go to them. Um, yeah. And I also developed a rather strong love for rum. So that was fun. Uh, so I was like, right, OK, let's let's do a rum project. And um, I'm also celiac, so I can't. My favorite thing in the world used to be KFC. And so I obviously can't eat that anymore. So I was like, right, okay, let's do that then. Let's create a sustainable vegan uh, fried chicken shop. And it was just silly, but it also wasn't because it gave me a purpose and a reason to get up. And I was like, no, let's flex my muscles a bit at this one. Yeah. So, and also stuff to pad out my portfolio, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's only so much, I guess, Netflix and pizza and rum you can yeah um but it kind of goes back to you as i think as as a person as a creative of like okay like these these are the hands i've been i've been dealt and being agile enough to again take the time that you need but then to really kind of transition to like okay i actually have to utilize this time for myself, not because anyone else on social media is telling you you should be upskilling, you should be making sourdough, you should be like <laughs> learning, you know, after effects. So much banana bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
you kind of use it as a time as to like, cool, okay, this is a time for me to, as you said, grow those muscles and flex those muscles under your, you know, desire, not because someone on Instagram was telling you you need to do it because I feel sometimes that's great but then there's a like a uh, a guilt when Absolutely. you kind of don't continue on where if it's yours birthed out of a passion that you have then it's like yeah. a very different story it's organic then right yes yeah. like yeah you're completely right Instagram is a bit of a minefield at that point because half of half of the accounts were like you know take this time for you you uh, you've earned it take some time off and then the other half is like no be productive do these things like i don't know where to look <laughs> yeah yeah and then yeah, it, it, you it, have it, to just find your own yeah and it sounds like you you did that especially with like the the fried chicken uh you know and the rum braining these were very much organic things that you were wanting to work towards which is mm. fantastic because it's like it's a it's a passion driven project rather than a guilt yeah Passion. yeah exactly like i should be doing this right now <laughs> yeah yeah and and i think you know you obviously found that sweet spot which is which is fantastic um so when you started you you spoke it just before about that you're off to a kind of a, a really mm. good flying start like how did that work come through or what channels did that work come through for for that really good kickoff for you in in january february uh, initially, so the first project I worked on was British LGBT Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I thought she had the wrong email. I was gobsmacked. <laughs> I, the first day that I kind of sat down at my desk to to work, I had this email come through at like 9 a.m., 9 read it, um, and it was, she was basically saying, you know, do you want to work on the 2020 event branding? And I was like, pardon? <laughs> Me? Are you sure? um and then obviously jumped at it it was a pleasure to work on um and then outside of that it was um uh, agencies uh, recruitment agencies so that was and then with that you kind of forge relationships with the um creative directors blah 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 so that was really good uh it wasn't exactly the work i wanted to do but hey pays the bills doesn't it bread and butter um but yeah, LGBT awards was a dream, really. Yeah. Um, and then that took me up to March. So. Oh, great! So that was like, it was a it was a pretty like long long project. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty hefty. Yeah, that's incredible. So obviously they saw something on social media or on your website that that really kind of drew them drew them in. Well, I think it was, so I worked on a project called London Queer Fashion Show. Okay. Um, and I think it was that because I think that they knew somebody from that that I worked with and they kind of recommended me, which was really sweet. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just goes to show, doesn't it? You, you work on one project and you just don't know yeah. what is around the corner. And <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously a project that you're really excited about as well. Mm. Um, and it just obviously attracted a, another project like that, which is which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Doing the work that you love and and putting it out there to go, hey, this is the kind of work that I, I want to be doing, rather mm-hmm. than showcasing work that you 
don't necessarily want to be doing more of or are um, as passionate about. But you kind of really have that balance of like, okay, I need to keep a roof over my head, but, you know, I'm going to be working on these projects that I'm really passionate about because I want to be doing more of that. Yeah, of course. It's a real privilege, really. Yeah. Um, What do you love most about branding and animation? Because that's obviously something that you do a lot of. Yeah, yeah. It would be bad if I didn't love it, wouldn't it? It's a love-hate relationship sometimes, but most of the time. Um, What do I love most? Uh, Probably crafting crafting a thing Mm. um, out of nothing, really. So it is is really down to your imagination. Yeah, you have a brief, but it's kind of how long is a piece of string. Mm. Um, And I love how each bit, kind of communicates with each other so the colors the type the the whole picture really i would say that's probably quite cheesy isn't it really most graphic design that i should have oh never mind eh? <laughs> it, it's quite interesting to see how you bring them all together i think that's a fascinating thing that animation is doing these days because it's it's kind of like stretching the the means that it's kind of been seen at, you know, print mm. and websites and some animation, you know, you know, animation then kind of being brought into a lot of, you know, VR um, and mm. AR stuff. It's, it kind of just then allows the brand to flex its muscles a little bit more. I'll be absolutely at a, at a different kind of level and, and people get to in, interact with it a lot. Yeah. You know, or in a yeah. Different but I think also it's like, we've never been able to communicate with brands in the way that we can now. And you, you really are creating a person at the end of the day. Mm. And I think if you look back at branding history, like it's kind of um, come in stages. Right. And I think animation is really the next level of, okay, but how does it move? What does it sound like? How does that, what, why is that logo doing that? Mm. Um, That's it's exciting really. Mm. So as a freelancer, how do you approach days where you're just feeling feeling like you just don't you just don't have the creativity? Rum, Netflix and pizza. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, I, it depends. It depends on how far into that emotion I actually am. Um, mm-hmm. Because if I'm not and if I'm just being a bit of a pain in my own ass, then I will read or go buy some magazines or do a Pinterest scroll or I don't know, just do something that's going to bring it back for me a little bit. I think Behance is probably my favorite place at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if I'm, if I'm deep in it and I, there's no bringing me out with a scroll or a flick of a page, then I think just do other stuff. Um, as long as it's productive in my eyes, anyway, it doesn't need to be productive to somebody else. Um, then I think it's still time well spent. I, being a freelancer, you have endless amounts of admin. So there's never there's never a dry spell of that. So mm. I'll either do that or I'll go exercise or do something that will make me feel a bit whole again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you like, do you find like books helpful? Like books that are not necessarily about creativity, but you can kind of get, drawn into it where your mind is able to kind of 
relax a little bit more? Like, is that is that an avenue that you've kind of gotten into? I think I have a newfound. So I last year I got a PT for a while, and um, uh, because I'm leading up to chest surgery, so I wanted to like lose some weight, get in shape, blah blah blah. And I don't think I realised. I was initially I was like, oh, it's just exercise. I'll just go to the gym, and then started stupidly said i would do like 6 a.m sessions who i don't know don't ever don't ever do that um but i found myself really getting into this place where i i had so much extra room now in my head mm. and it was really really beneficial creatively because i'd kind of got my other stress out in the world and i was i had I, I don't know if this is at all relevant, but um, I realized that I'd actually spent most of my life living in my head and I didn't really identify with having a body at that point. Mm. And I think this is probably something to do with being trans, but I hadn't really identified that there was more of me. Mm. And so I think that that actually really made me think different, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, and then because of that, I saw, I almost had more confidence then to be like, okay, but how far can I push this mm. brand? How far can I push this project? Um, so yeah, in a way, exercise has really, really helped mm. in ways I didn't actually think it would, which mm. is super annoying because honestly, nobody wants to do a 3K run. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and those 6am starts, like... Oh, that's... God. No. <laughs> that's not easy. That's, that's commitment. That was right. sheer stupidity is what that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can you talk us through a brief process of your design kind of strategy and what that looks like for you? For you know, Maybe it, it's the project um, that you did for the LGBT awards maybe. Yeah, um, strategy-wise, I think I'm definitely more of an emotive designer. If I can string a story to it somewhere, then that really helps my process. Yeah. Um, and for the award specifically, that was based around um, some sound waves that I created in Blender. Uh, mm -hmm. And then animated them to songs by queer artists like Sam Smith, Queen, etc. cetera. Um, mm -hmm. And kind of took uh, screenshots of that and used them in the brand as a whole uh, to kind of replicate the noise that is made when we celebrate LGBT achievements or lives, because obviously it was an award show. So that kind of, yeah, I think if I have to be able to identify with it, I have to be able to um, give reason to it. And then that really helps me to then be like, okay, this is, this is why this has happened. This is how it, moves this is why it's this color mm. um yeah it's definitely an emotional process for me rather than a i guess logical one or etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. but i think like just the research that you've done and, and finding those musicians and like getting inspiration from those mm. sound waves and kind of that it's not just oh i did sound waves of anything <laughs> like getting inspiration from those artists within that community and letting that really kind of influence and ground 
the whole branding project. And I think that's a great thing that kind of goes back to your initial kind of like um, point where you were talking about creativity isn't an easy thing. Like you, you have to be switched on. Yeah. It's not just a head in the clouds career. No. And like you have, you have to be aware of what's going on socially. And I think, I mean, last year was, was a, terrible year for for trans people and i guess for the wider lgbt community as a whole there was so many so many deaths and so much tragedy and so many legislations that were being brought in against us and it was terrible and i think that really made me think about what is it to celebrate how does how why are we celebrating these people what does that look like and i think in a way the the sound waves kind of are a very dramatic way of of doing that Mm. um and also kind of abstract and beautiful and i think that's what that's what the community is i guess yeah definitely as a creative you know um how do you process or how do you work through obviously a lot that kind of happened last year with the legislation and and so forth how do you separate or process that while you're trying to be creative at the same time? Because it's it's sometimes extremely difficult mm-hmm. to separate personal life mm-hmm. from creative life. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think I think having that sense of community um, and looking to other people other queer artists designers is a real comfort because it's almost like a shared trauma um and then i guess again exercise is annoyingly great um and i think in a way sometimes it's actually better to and this sounds terrible thing to say but it is i find it's actually better if i'm responding to something that i'm emotional about Mm. so if i'm it might be the fact that there's been a bit of legislation brought in and i'm mad about it but that will almost make me work better um and this could be a project that's completely unrelated but i'm like well now i'm annoyed and (laughs) kind of scribbling away angrily and then i'm like actually that looks quite good (laughs) um but yeah it's hard it is hard and it's irritating and it feels like a complete injustice half the time um that your existence would even cause (laughs) that much uproar but whatever (laughs) yeah i agree um you you spoke before about blender um is an incredible tool uh what other skills or lessons have you kind of been trying to teach yourself during this time um currently i it was my birthday in december so my girlfriend bought me a um (laughs) dj deck mixing thing and yeah i don't know who i think i am but i'm having a great time with it Oh dear, <laughs> I might post something at some point. <laughs> so everyone's ears can bleed. <laughs> so yeah. you're spending a lot of time just, you know, doing your own DJ sets. Yeah, yeah. I think I um I don't know if anyone's ever heard of a, a group called Vacant. 
but they are really like dark and underground and quite sporadic um and i think that's obviously we mentioned music right at the start but they for some reason just get my brain going and i think um this is learning to mix music has actually really helped design wise to be honest mm. so they're your go-to like playlist when you're in a create well, it depends it depends yeah. we have we have uh power hour on friday which uh-huh. is like pure whitney houston uh gabrielle all the classics yeah <laughs> um <laughs> which yeah <laughs> bring it home yeah yeah exactly just yeah. bring home the week <laughs> <laughs> no that's it, it's so interesting how um we have one at work where it's like uh Shilo fm and it's just like people posting different things that they're listening to uh and i didn't really realize how certain my moods or what i'm doing creatively i kind of gravitate i've been more and more aware of it Mm. um so when i'm doing any kind of animation side of things like i think you know things like forted or like bob moses uh like just like that kind of sound just helps me creatively i'm just it just mad isn't it it is it's just like a build to it i'm like then you can't explain it. You're just like, well, my brain's happy. <laughs> yeah. And or it's like in the morning, it's like Ryex, you know, yeah. or like just something that's like super melodical, like down tempo, yeah. you know, just like rhythmic. And like, it's such a like it's such an interesting thing how music affects the brain how it affects like the chemicals within us and and i think as creatives that's a huge part of who we are yeah completely yeah and this is this is where animation comes in in such a great way because you can kind of tell a story with that now yeah and it's way more emotive now yeah yeah i i completely agree um so can you describe your experience at shillington and and how that helped you enter the design industry sure um shillington was so much fun um so intense so intense but so much fun uh you literally eat sleep breathe design (laughs) um for three months but to be honest that's i found that so immersive and so useful um and obviously I studied in Manchester, which in my personal opinion is probably one of the best places to study at Shillington. Uh, just because the city is, is there's a real like energy in Manchester that I can't really put my finger on. Um, the design, the nightlife, the bar, the even like you go into Northern Court and all the branding for the, for the different bars and stuff. You're like, God, this looks good. Wow. <laughs> Can I just look at your menu? Is that all right? Like, do you need these bar mats? <laughs> um, so yeah, I would I would highly recommend that if that's an option for you. Um but yeah, Shillington is just you from the minute you get in there, really. It's and I think everybody kind of goes in there with a similar mindset of okay, well, I'm first and foremost here to learn, which is so different from any other kind of like uni course or any because you always get the people that go there that are like I didn't have anything better to do so I'm just here to you know doss around you know 
definitely don't get that in Shillington. Um, and secondly, people are there to meet other people, make friends. So there's this real community of people that you all just kind of help each other. Um, and I mean the teachers are all right. <laughs> who, who are your teachers? Uh, Ed and uh, John. Yeah, Pulowski. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My top, God. <laughs> top, top guys. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Incredible teachers, creatives, just incredible. Incredible brains. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. John's um, John's ability to to do whatever he does with type is. It's mind blowing. Yeah. And Ed's just like sheer creativity. Yeah. They're just such nice guys to be honest. Yeah. Well, the, John was like explaining to us how he came up with this one typeface and he was like, yeah, so I was, you know, cycling along and there was this really sharp turn in this cliff face. And then this is where the sea came from. And I was like, are you off your head? <laughs> what do you mean that's where the sea came from? What does that even mean? But then you looked at it and you're like, yeah, actually that makes sense. That's really annoying. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. He's so annoyingly talented. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So irritating. <laughs> uh, what was one of the most surprising things that you learned about design when studying in Manchester? Mm, 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 mm. Um, probably one of the most surprising things. Um, probably how much I loved it. Mm. Um, I didn't, as I said, when I was, when I was doing my uni course, I wasn't, yeah, my heart was in it, but it wasn't really a hundred percent. And I was like, God, I, this is what I'm going to have to do for the rest of my life. I'm not really sure if I want to. Um, <laughs> and then I kind of went to Shillington and I was like, blimey. Yeah, yeah, that's, this is it. This is exactly what I want to do is exactly where I want to be. Um, and I think just all the resources and the, and the the amount you learn in such a tiny period of time um it's yeah it's just really really rewarding and i think i know i didn't expect i was like yeah okay i'm going to do a course i'll learn some stuff but i never expected to come away from it feeling just overwhelmingly happy and like yeah okay let's go for it then you yeah. get a lot of drive from it which is really nice yeah because i think it's like it's the course and I'll let you kind of unpack it a little bit more like for the fine arts to the graphic design course, like subjective versus objective. Like mm. it, it sounds like you are more drawn towards give me an objective mm -hmm. rather than leave me up to my own subjective yeah. idea. It just, to me, to me, my personal experience, I was like, that's too self-indulgent for me. Like I don't, identify with that really i can't look at something and be like yes that's the meaning of that right that's not it's just not how i work yeah. um whereas if i've got a brief or mm. even it can be the tiniest thing but if i've got something to respond to which i suppose is what artists do in fine art but it's just yeah if i feel like i've got something to respond to then i'm like yeah okay great i'll uh I'll go away and do that. Mm. And I can find a million ways to come up with it. But yeah, subjectivity yeah. is yeah. Um, hard. Yeah, no, exactly. 
Um, what advice do you have for people thinking about studying at Shillington and what was the deciding factor for you? Just go for it. Yeah. Do it. Just go. <laughs> um, even, I think even if you don't, because we had a couple of people on our course who didn't necessarily want to go into graphic design afterwards, um, but kind of came because they worked with graphic designers and they wanted to understand and, I think even if, if even if you're coming at it from that point of view, it's just so rewarding and so beneficial. Um, and also to kind of, I guess, go away and just set yourself up as as someone. Like it really gave you a sense of um, I am a designer, not I do design. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think and absolutely don't miss a day if you're going to do it like just go for it because every day is valuable so just yeah just do it just get on with it (laughs) just go for it (laughs) honestly you won't regret it (laughs) um so where can people find your work uh probably my instagram and website is the best bet Mm -hmm. um my website is studiojack.uk and my Instagram has recently changed to oh. studiojack.jpg. <laughs> so original. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, again, um, Jason, thank you so much for your time, your insights, um, you know, your, your feedback on what you learned and, you know, the wisdom that you were able to kind of share with us. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you so much for having me meet you and, and chat with you and um you know I, I you know i wish you all the best for the future and i'm uh, looking forward to seeing what uh projects you're putting out next i'm uh, i'm really excited for it yeah thank you so much excellent the pathfinder podcast has been brought to you by shillington the original graphic design bootcamp. to learn more about the podcast and shillington click the link in the bio Show your support by subscribing and rating us on your preferred podcast platform. Original music composed and performed by Manakshi. Thanks for listening.